This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Consolation of Philosophy by Boethius. Translated by H. R. James. Book 3, True Happiness and False. Section 5 and Song 5. Self-Mastery. Well, then. Does sovereignty and the intimacy of kings prove able to confer power? Why, surely does not the happiness of kings endure forever? And yet antiquity is full of examples, and these days also, of kings whose happiness has turned into calamity. How glorious a power which is not even found effectual for its own preservation! But if happiness has its source in sovereign power, is not happiness diminished and misery inflicted in its stead, in so far as that power falls short of completeness? Yet, however widely human sovereignty be extended, there must still be more peoples left, over whom each several king holds no sway. Now, at whatever point the power on which happiness depends ceases, here powerlessness steals in and makes wretchedness. So, by this way of reckoning, there must needs be a balance of wretchedness in the lot of the king. The tyrant who had made trial of the perils of his condition figured the fears that haunt the throne under the image of a sword hanging over a man's head. What sort of power, then, is this which cannot drive away the gnawings of anxiety or shun the stings of terror? Fain would they themselves have lived secure, but they cannot. Then they boast about their power. Dost thou count him to possess power whom thou seest to wish what he cannot bring to pass? Dost thou count him to possess power whom encompasses himself with a bodyguard, who fears those he terrifies more than they fear him, who, to keep up the semblance of power, is himself at the mercy of his slaves? Need I say anything of the friends of kings, when I show royal dominion itself utterly miserable and weak? Why, oft-times the royal power in its plentitude brings them low, oft-times involves them in its fall. Nero drove his friend and preceptor Seneca to the choice of the manner of his death. Antoninus exposed Papinianus, who was long powerful at court, to the swords of the soldiery. Yet each of these was willing to renounce his power. Seneca tried to surrender his wealth also to Nero, and go into retirement, but neither achieved his purpose. When they tottered, their very greatness dragged them down. What manner of a thing, then, is this power which keeps men in fear while they possess it, which when thou art fain to keep it, thou art not safe, and when thou desirest to lay it aside, thou canst not rid thyself of. Are friends any protection who have been attached by fortune, not by virtue? Nay, him who good fortune has made a friend, ill fortune will make an enemy. And what plague is more effectual to do hurt than a foe of one's own household? Who on power sets his aim, first must his own spirit tame. He must shun his neck to thrust, neath the unholy yoke of lust. For though India's far-off land, Bow before his wide command, at most Thule homage pay, if he cannot drive away, the haunting care and black distress, in his power he's powerless. End of Book 3, True Happiness and False, Section 5, and Song 5, Self-Mastery.